for tuning in to our pilot episode of Husky Talk. I'm your host, Grace Evers. And I'm Chloe Bilderback. Today we are here with the grandson of an Iditarod legend, son of an Iditarod champion, brother of an Iditarod champion, and Iditarod veteran himself, Danny Seavey. Hi, Danny. Welcome to the show, and thank you for being with us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Our first segment of the show is titled, Whose Inspires You? During this segment, we would like for you to tell us a little bit about who inspired you to get involved in the Iditarod. Okay. So I think for me, it's sort of a family tradition. I'm third generation musher. So I went on my first dog sled ride, I think when I was six months old and won my first dog race a couple months afterwards. They actually had a sled rigged up with a car seat in the sled on top of a milk crate. And I was facing backwards and sleeping most of the time, but I started doing a lot of mushing when I was less than a year old. Thank you for sharing. We are going to move on to our Q&A segment. When was the first moment you knew you wanted to race in the Iditarod? Oh, I th- probably as soon as I could pronounce it. Um, <laughs> I remember helping my dad getting ready for racing. I think I was probably 11 at the time, getting him into the Iditarod, and I thought that was pretty cool. And being part of the part of the team, I was always out helping him harness up the dogs and get ready for the race, and I'd go to some of the checkpoints and help him there. And I think I've been addicted from a pretty young age. So you have to be 18 to run the Iditarod, and I knew for as long as I can remember that I would run as soon as I turned 18. When you're not in the Iditarod, what do you do as a job? Actually, we're very fortunate in that we're able to make a living with our dogs year-round. The Iditarod itself doesn't pay very much, so we're not able to to make money doing that, but we do tours with the kennel the rest of the year. So all summer we have guests that come from all over the world, they meet the dogs, we take them for a dog sled ride. So whenever we're we're not racing, we're doing tours, and that's a great way for us to work with the dogs year-round. Do you have any other hobbies besides sled dog racing? I have four kids, so with that that many kids, it's hard to have a hobby. Um, I guess I like doing pretty much anything outside. I'm going to go with boats in general. I have uh, canoes and rafts, and every chance we get, we've got the kids out on the river, and it's a pretty cool spot where we live here, right by the Kenai River, and of course the Gulf of Alaska all around us, so we spend a lot of time on the water. Growing up, how did helping your dad with train affect you now with sled dog racing? Oh, mostly I would say the work ethic of growing up with animals is is pretty beneficial. Um, you know, when I was you gals' age, we had to get up every morning, and it's not just the glamorous stuff, right? You have to feed dogs, but you got to go up there and shovel up behind them all too, right? Mm. And fix everything, and yeah, it's, it's not all fun and games so, um, every day. And with, with animals, you can't take a day off, right? It's not like school or something where you can, hey, it's a day off. I mean, you got to feed them every day. So it's sort of like being on a farm, and I think that general work ethic and responsibility is pretty helpful, and I've been trying to raise my kids that same way. So even if they never race, I hope they grow up with that sense of responsibility and the, you know, that somebody needs you. Um, you know, if you don't get out of bed this morning, there's going to be a lot of hungry dogs wondering where you're at. What do you believe is the most important thing in the Iditarod? going to go with just drive as far as being able to win that thing i imagine you know a little bit about the sleep deprivation right these guys are going on one or two hours of sleep for day after day after day and you guys know what 
yourself or your friends or your parents are like if they miss one night's sleep, how they might be sort of grumpy and not real enthusiastic the next day. So try doing that eight or nine days in a row and then still being competitive and trying to win this thing and being happy. Because if you start to get um, bummed out or angry or upset, your dogs really feed off of your attitude. So pretty soon it's not just you're bummed out, it's your whole dog team is. So it's your job to be almost like a cheerleader or a coach for these guys and encouraging them and being happy and upbeat. And if you're, uh, if you're acting tired, that doesn't work real well. So that's the hardest part right there. How does the Iditarod affect your family? Well, it's, it's everything for us. I think the whole life revolves around that. So even this time of year, I mean, Iditarod's not for months, but everything we're doing is preparing the dogs and training full-time. And right now, every day, the dogs are running 50 miles. That means somebody has to get up. We don't have any snow. So they put them on a four-wheeler or an ATV. They hook up teams of 16 dogs and go for 50 miles. I mean, I don't know if you guys know how, how far that is, but look on a map where 50 miles is from where you're at right now. And that's how far every dog is going. So somebody's got to get up, hook up all these dogs and go. I and mean, that's a, it's a full-time job just to do that for one team a day. So we have over 100 dogs. We have a, a full-time staff of almost 20 right now. How do you stay involved in the Iditarod when you're not racing? Well, I, I think that's it right there. Um, you know, the Iditarod is more of a lifestyle. It's not about the race itself. It's we choose to do this year-round, whether it's the tours or raising the puppies or training dogs now, of course, doing doing stuff like this, talking to other folks. So, you know, the Iditarod itself is only eight days long, but this is what we do 365 days a year. How many dogs do you guys have? I think we're a little over 100 at the moment if you count the little puppies, which sounds like a lot of dogs. But we're going to have three teams in the Iditarod, which is 48. And then I also take an expedition of tourists to Nome. So last year I had a total of over 100 dogs actually running on the trail during the Iditarod. So we, we very much need and use all of them. What's the most fun thing when it comes to the sled dogs? Personally, I love working with puppies, and I don't mean the little cute baby puppies. I mean when they're about a year old and it's time for them to start to learn to be a real dog, sort of like, I guess, saddle breaking a horse or something. We take them and put a harness on them and put them in the team, and it's so instinctive for them. They figure out pulling really quickly, but they don't figure out like how to stay untangled and which direction to go and all go at the same time and things like that. So it's sort of like being a teacher in a lot of ways, yeah. but... There's a lot of energy and uh, not a lot of organization, but I like working with them for that first year. Who are all running the three I did or I teams? Oh, we're going to have my dad for sure. That's Mitch. Of course, he set the record last year, and he's planning to come back and, and defend that title. And then it's a couple of handler guys from around the kennel. Um, so I think the third one is still, they're still figuring that out right now, but there's, a, like I said, almost 20 guys on full-time staff, and every year we sort of figure out a race plan for each of them. But um, we have teams of development dogs that go sort of like Little League baseball players. So we have whole teams that go just to get the dogs experience. They're not trying to win at all. They're just going to cover the trail and get them used to it. Because if you're going to have a dog run the Iditarod in eight days, they have to practice by running it in ten days and then nine days, and sort of like a human athlete. You don't just go out and be the best your first time out. Do you use Oh, my dad or my brother? Yeah. Um, that's a really tough one. Um, fortunately, I don't have to pick. So on the years where Dallas is winning, we can be rooting for him. And the years where dad's winning, we can pick him. It's a, Especially the last few years, it's worked out really well. So we occasionally uh, 
go with whoever's winning at the moment. But of course, we want to see them both do very well. Um, you know, I work for my dad, so technically I have to say I'm rooting for my dad, but I don't mind when Dallas wins. Um, do you have a favorite dog? I do. Um, his name is Robin, and he was my Iditarod lead dog in 2006. And he's actually getting really old now. He turned 14 in June, and he's still doing really well. Um, actually, my all my dogs that year are now 14, and I think I've got at least five of them left, which is pretty good for a husky-age dog. So they're, uh, they're doing really well. Do you still think you would do dog sled, sled racing if it wasn't for your family already being in it? That's a great question. Um, I love mushing dogs. Um, I take my kids out. We go on overnight camping trips. For me, I don't need to run the Iditarod for this to be fun. So, yes, I think I would have a dog team and be out mushing. I love the dogs. I love being out in the wilderness in the wintertime. There's something very, very cool about being able to travel in the wintertime perfectly silently. There's no motors. There's nothing else. Even other wild animals, they treat you more like another animal than a, than a person. So it allows you to see a whole different side of the state. Um, I don't know that I'd run the Iditarod, but I would definitely have a dog team. Our final segment of the show we like to call Musher Mount Rushmore. You know Mount, Rush, Mount Rushmore, right? I've been there, but it's been a while, yeah. <laughs> If you were asked to build a Mount Rushmore honoring people that have made a huge impact on the Iditarod, who would you include? You can pick mushers, dogs, volunteers, whatever you want. Oh. Okay, and there's four of them on there, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, you'd have to go with Joe Reddington, of course. He's the, the father of the Iditarod, and um, of course, his, he's the guy that they have the statue of that's the trophy to win the Iditarod. Um Personally, I think that Susan Butcher has had the biggest impact on the Iditarod. I'm sure you guys know who she is. Of course, she passed away a few years ago. But when it's Alaskan guys winning an Alaskan race, nobody cares. But when the girl from Boston starts winning, all of a sudden it's national news. And during the time that Susan Butcher was winning, the the popularity of the Iditarod just exploded and got so much bigger. So um, absolutely, she would be on there. Um, From there, it starts to get real real tricky there <laughs> start playing favorites i guess but um there's a guy named rick swinson of course who won a whole bunch of iditarods i think he had five of them be hard pressed not to include him my grandpa's been around forever and of course the race is still still relatively young we're seeing guys like dallas and wade mars who are certainly doing very well right now and they will end up in the hall of fame but it's, it's a little early to put them in there just yet so um but there's a lot of people around the Iditarod race that are some some pretty cool people. You figure who chooses to spend their life out in the middle of nowhere with dogs, and I guess I'm pretty attached to all of them. Do you have anything you'd like to add? Oh, just thank you for following Iditarod, and we'll be trying to keep, of course, our Facebook page updated, and then the Iditarod and the Insider as well, so I'm hoping to be a little bit more involved with that again this year. So thank you very much, and feel free to email or add any questions you have. Special thanks to Danny CD for joining us on our pilot episode. Tune in next week for our featured guest, Ali Zirkel. Special credit to Hobo Jim for our theme song. Yeah,